This is James Woodcock's podcast, episode 30, recorded 17th of January 2011. Brave New Code. Hello, this is James Woodcock from jameswoodcock.co.uk. Today I have with me Dale Mugford, who is the co-founder of Brave New Code, who are located at bravenewcode.com. Welcome to my podcast, Dale. Thanks, James. So, Brave New Code offers a wonderful selection of WordPress plugins, most notably WP Touch, which gives your website a new theme better suited for the various mobile devices on the market. But before we discuss WP Touch, please tell us a little about yourself. Well, um, my name is uh, Dale Mugford, obviously, and I'm in Canada, and I'm specifically in Ontario. My partner, um, who... uh, He's also co-founder, Dwayne Story. He was formerly located in BC, but he's now working abroad. He's currently living in Argentina. So it's a mobile world, and we have a mobile profession. So uh, we're frequently uh, working from different locations. So that's one nice luxury of, uh, of having an online type of uh, job. But um, we started Brave New Code uh, about three years ago, and... Um, WP Touch really started as just a pet project for ourselves, and um, it was related to a, a musician here in Canada, Matthew Good, who um, does a lot of cutting-edge web stuff. And when I first got the original iPhone, I thought, you know, it just stood out to me that you know the web web browsing experience was pretty fantastic on it. But wouldn't it be great if you know a website functioned kind of like a native application, and it was easy to browse and navigate, and the UI type of experience really closely emulated an iPhone experience and uh, so we set out to do something like that for him and it kind of grew that you know visitors and stuff were saying hey this is awesome I'd love it for my own site I'd love it for my own site and we started thinking you know is there a way that we could take the core of what we did there for Matt and uh, make it accessible and usable on all different types of WordPress installations so that's where the core of the idea kind of started and came from but it was really a pet project and we we didn't really have any big aspirations for it at the time so there are many blogging platforms to choose from but why did you choose WordPress specifically we chose it because it was our forte um, we chose to instead of being jacks of all trades we we hoped that we would become aces of one and uh, and WordPress is something that we've worked with um, individually since it was first released. So we were extremely familiar with it, extremely comfortable with it. And we thought we could get the most out of um, a plugin like WP touch by sticking with one platform such as WordPress. We also liked where WordPress was going in terms of its trajectory as a, as a platform and, um, we just thought it. We just thought it was a good fit. So, when you say you've had experience of WordPress specifically, what does that actually emanate from? Well, we worked uh, formerly. Brave New Code was really set up as a as a design and development studio. So we worked with lots of uh, different clients um, over the last number of years, developing WordPress sites, themes, uh, and other specific custom plugins as required. So. Really, you know, and, and as well for our own sites, uh, Dwayne manages a number of individual sites, and I've done so as well over the years. So that's really where the experience uh, came from is a lot of theming and, and plug-in work. So can you ever see WP Touch moving to other blogging platforms, or is it just nice to say we're focusing completely all our attentions on WordPress and then we don't need to worry about cross-compatibility? Yeah, it's a never-say-never never answer there. I don't want to say that, 
you know we haven't looked at or that we you know may not uh, may not may consider uh, other platforms and certainly we've had inquiries to that order but i think it's safe to say that we're all all in on wordpress at this time would you say that wordpress is probably the most popular blogging platform and it makes it an easy decision to stick with wordpress certainly for now well i mean when we really made that that you know decision to be dedicated to wordpress it was still up in the air Drupal was quite popular and, um, you know, Blogger and there's a number of, you know, platforms which were very competitive at the time and it really wasn't a guarantee that WordPress would kind of come out on top. But in my opinion, I looked at the development community around WordPress, specifically WordPress.org. So I think that's important to distinguish between because WordPress.com sites are, that's their hosted um, platform, which they offer similar to like Blogger, where they take care of, you know, all the hosting, et cetera, for your blog versus WordPress.org, which is self-hosted, which means you download it, you install it, and, uh, you know, you set it up on your server and hosting. And that's that's where, you know, WP Touch really shines. But uh, we looked at the WordPress.org community, all the open source plugin developers and theme developers and said, hey, you know, there's a lot of really great action happening here. It looks like people are really behind it, really enjoy the pluggability and the ease of use, both in, you know, having a website, running a website, and in creating plugins and themes for WordPress. And and we just felt that this is where it was going to go, that WordPress would come out on top, so to speak, because of that community. So good call then. <laughs> that, <case. laughs> that was a good call on WP Touch. Too. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's... You know, the first time that uh, that I did hold the iPhone, and the first time we had kind of the the beginnings of WP Touch up and running, and I was holding it in my hand. I felt that this was really the way things were going to go. Specifically with the iPhone, the experience was just unparalleled. Whether you'd used a you know a BlackBerry before or what have you, it just there was no comparison in terms of the browsing experience. And we frequently get people saying, "Oh, well, you know, it only works on uh, iPhone." iPod Touch, Android, BlackBerry Storm, and Torch, etc. There's a number of key devices that WP Touch is targeted at and works on. It doesn't work on all mobile devices, you know. And you're you you know you're you're excluding X percentage of the market or whatever. And our answer is always the same, which is predominantly the people who access the internet, not only the internet but but WordPress-based sites on the internet are going to be using these devices. So, it, and it's a hard metric to gauge, but really what we're trying to say is, is that if you have a WordPress site and you're going to run something like WP Touch, you really only have to care about the people who are actually going to visit your site on a mobile device. And if you look at those metrics, it's dominated heavily by touch-based smartphones and they're only getting smarter and they're only getting better. So we just feel that, you know, and very strongly so that it's important for us to develop for the future of both mobile and tablet computing and not how things currently were in the last couple of years or the past. And that's a real old distinction. And some people don't like that we aren't going to extend the support to, you know, older phones or Symbian phones and that kind of thing. And it's just, we feel very strongly that that's how it used to be. That's not where it's going. So for someone who has a a blog or a website that is actually powered by WordPress, why would they want something like WP Touch installed? What are the advantages? We think there's a number of advantages um, from things that are less perceptible to a, a visitor 
um, to things that are extremely perceptible to a visitor, like the appearance. So the, so the less perceptible things are, you know, things like uh, speed. So if you have a, a website or a blog that, um, you know, you load a lot of content, a lot of images, maybe there's a lot of sidebar stuff, there's a lot of JavaScripts being loaded, and this all slows down the experience. So, you know, for these handheld devices that have more limited CPUs, more limited RAM, take longer to load pages, and they have connections like Edge and 3G, which are slower in and of themselves, you know, asking a visitor to spend 45 seconds waiting for your web page to load is asking a lot. And many visitors may just say, oh, it's not loading. I'm not going to bother reading this post that was linked to on my site or whatever it was, right? So, you know, speed, I think, particularly on mobile devices, is very important, but it's less perceptible. You know, people aren't necessarily explicitly thinking, I'm not going to view this content because it takes too long to load. Many users may just naturally you know, dismiss the content. They haven't thought, well, if this site doesn't load in 10 seconds, I'm not visiting it, but they are making decisions based on load time. So that's one huge consideration for WPTouch that's maybe less perceptible or, or uh, less explicit. But the big explicit one is, is the general appearance. And um, some people love the way WPTouch looks and works, and other people, maybe because it, it is very popular, have said, ah, you know, I don't want to use it. don't like the way it, it uh, you know, uh, control some of the branding and presentation appearance of my website. But really, there's something to be said for you know, people who visit WPTouch sites and they visit them, visited them before on other sites, they automatically know how to navigate. They know the user interface. It's easy. It takes those questions out of the equation, and it really just says, here's content. Here's the content. Browse my content. And so I think for anybody who has a website or blog and is really really wants to bring their content to mobile visitors, then WPTouch is a great answer because it says, let's get rid of all the frills and bells and whistles and let's provide a great access and a great, a great avenue to content. So what is the install process for someone who has a self-hosted WordPress blog or website? Well, if they're, if they're interested in the free version of WPTouch, which is hosted on the WordPress plugin repository, it's quite simple. In the admin panel, in the plugin section of the WordPress admin panel, you can simply do a search for WP Touch, and it should show up in the search results, and you can simply click to install it. Once it's installed, then you activate it. You can visit the administration panel and configure a number of options related to WP Touch. But it's important to note that one of the things we strive for in both WP Touch, the free version, and WP Touch Pro, which is the paid version, we want things to be incredibly simple and easy to use from an administrative point of view. So with the, you know, with the free version, out of the box, once you activate it, it's up and it's working. It works great. And you know, a number of options and settings are kind of set by default to, to give the general you know, uh, working capability of the plugin right, right away out of the box without any configuration. But you can always go to the admin, uh, admin panel there and configure options that are important to you and set things up the way you like them with the plugin. In the pro version, there's, of course, a huge uh, difference between um, you know, the amount of options, the amount of control, the types of uh, capabilities that the plugin has. And, uh, but in either case, it's easy to install and easy to use. If you're using the pro version, you simply download it from our site, upload it to your self-hosted installation, activate it, and away you go so why is there now a free and a paid version i mean obviously it's nice to have some income generated from it but how does it work for you 
Well, one of the reasons for the paid version was simply that, you know, um, WP Touch has been extremely popular. It's been downloaded uh, over a million and a half times. So when you compare it to some of the other mobile plugins that are available for WordPress, it's phenomenally more popular. And with that comes requests for support. It comes requests for additional features. And it got to the point where it became unmanageable to offer that without some kind of revenue for ourselves to um, be able to dedicate the time that would be required to both support the plugin adequately and add the kinds of features that people wanted to see. So that's why we made the move. I mean, we never, there was actually a post on our site that, you know, WTouch would always be free. And we really wanted that to be the case, free in terms of cost. But it just became larger than life for us. So the paid version then made sense in order to be able to to keep developing it. So, you know, the the real the real offering with the paid version is, of course, pro support. And we think we have some of the best support for a WordPress plugin that you can get. Um, you know, it's really, we really go out of our way to, to help our customers. And as well, uh, features. They're just, you know, oodles of new features and capabilities. And, of course, we're adding them all the time. For instance, you know, if you purchased WP Touch in the summer, um, you got with the 2.1 update uh, iPad support. So, you know, and that's a free update. So all, all updates to WP Touch Pro and, and the 2.0 branch are, are free. So there's a lot of value in going forward and getting some incredible new additions for a plugin you purchased previously. So when we're talking about success, I doubt there are many WordPress plugins who have celebrity endorsements. So let's have a listen to what <laughs> Stephen Fry, the avid Twitter user with over 2 million followers, has to say about WP Touch. Hello, everybody. I just wanted to say how much I adore WP Touch by Dwayne there. And um, I want to thank you and the whole WordPress community for the joy that Matt has brought us. Um, the extraordinary thing about the app, which uses this, this WP Touch plugin, is that, well, you wouldn't know, but I'm wearing one now. I've got one inserted. You can fly, you can swim, you can shower, all using the WP Touch. It's the most perfect solution to your on-the-go blogging needs. And uh, I rely on it entirely. As I say, I have one inserted at the moment, and I'm not even, I'm not even, my eyes aren't even watering. That's how painless and easy it is to use. And I thank Dwayne, and I thank you all. I hope you're having a great time. Wish I was there, to some extent. Um, not a huge one, a sort of medium-sized extent. Uh, a reasonable, if you like extent anyway um that's really all i've got to say uh wordpress it um you know it rocks for the win etc much love bye-bye so you must have been so chuffed but how did this all come about <laughs> well we we just noticed that Stephen was using wp touch on his site and it kind of blew us away you know Dwayne and i talked and said you know he seems to they seem to really you know Stephen's of course on the cutting edge and he's he's uh you know well known for for being a bit of a technology buff. So, you know, we sent a quick message to his uh, developers and asked if, uh, you know, what what they thought of it and what Stephen thinks of it. And they said, you know, Stephen thinks really highly. He loves it. And we said, well, you know, can we get that on tape? And, um, you know, they got back to us right away and said, yeah, he'd love to. So, you know, he recorded the short little bit for us. So it was really surprising to us, but he was really uh, excited about WP Touch and, and really enjoyed it on his site. And, um We've actually worked with his development team on a couple of ideas uh, and features that were that were added to the pro version, uh, specifically based on the kinds of things they were looking for 
in the plugin. So it was really exciting for us to, uh, you know, we're both really big fans of Steven, obviously. So that was really nice. Ah, so what features were added as a result? Are we allowed to know? <laughs> well, um, I mean, web app mode was one of those things. It's, uh, you know, just to describe what web app mode is, because I, I don't think it's, it's easy for a user to really understand what does that mean? What does web app mode mean? Well, what it means is that on iOS devices, that's the iPhone, the iPod Touch, and the iPad, if you save or bookmark that website to your home screen, Typically, if you were to do so on most sites, it would simply open up again in mobile Safari and take you to that bookmark. So it works like a standard browser bookmark. But what we've done is enable a special capability, which instead of opening up mobile Safari, it opens what's called standalone mode. So it opens in full screen without the browser and shows just like a native application on the iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad. And so by doing this, it allows you to do things like have a loading screen um, and deliver, you know, all this content uh, via Ajax, which makes it extremely fast. We've added features like persistence, which try to emulate multitasking in iOS 4 so that if you, you know, leave the web app and then you come back, it remembers what your last page was. Um, so those types of things that allow just a deeper, more immersive experience for your visitors uh, if they have iOS devices, to be able to revisit your site and access content and new content uh, on the fly. So it, that kind of came out of, you know, uh, speaking with Stephen and his staff. And they just really wanted, you know, a way to offer something at that time that, you know, wasn't a native application and, and uh, was web app based, obviously for cost reasons. And then, you know, one of the big things that people talk to us about with regard to web app mode is that it frees them from the, you know, Apple's app store update process. So for example, if there are bugs in your application, you have to fix those bugs and then resubmit to Apple and you'll be waiting for approval while all your users are complaining about that very bug versus in a web app situation, like for instance, with uh, WP touch pro, you can make a change, change your content or fix something on the fly and because it's it's um, internet based, that fixes immediate. And the beauty is, if you are an iPhone or an iPod Touch user, or now even iPad, a little pop up bubble appears, doesn't it, showing you how you can actually add it as a web app? Absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that uh, because it's a, I would say, a little known feature of iOS, that bubble explicitly let, lets a visitor know, hey, you can save this site to your home screen and it'll function like a web application. So it, uh, it really helps. I think, uh, users get the most out of that, that website and also learn a cool thing about iOS that, uh, that it has that capability. And best of all, it won't keep badgering users if they close it and don't bother exactly. adding it. it exactly. Will remember. <laughs> exactly. And that's one of those, um, things that we've done. We've added some subtle HTML5 capabilities and stuff like that. It actually uses local storage and saves that information. We have more improvements in that area as well. One of the things that I get annoyed with is if I go to a site with WPDutch Pro installed and you know I'm inside, say, an application like Reader, which is an RSS reader, and I visit it, it's prompting me for that bubble. But I really can't save it to the home screen from inside another application. So we're, we're going to you know work on that whole, you know, smoothing the experience so that those kinds of little annoying things don't happen. Uh, and uh, so we care about like little details like that. I think, uh, you know, some competitors uh, don't, don't care about that. We, we're eccentric that way. We, we want it to be perfect if it can be perfect and we try our best to do so. 
So HTML5, how are you actually finding that to code for? Is it actually really opening up a lot of opportunities for you? There's lots of opportunities with HTML5, though, you know, there's uh, there's some caveats and some caution, which we, you know, have articulated to customers that are chomping at the bit for us to add certain capabilities. Um, and one is that it's simply just not a ratified uh, um by the by the it's not ratified by the W3C yet. So things are still in flux. More recently obviously Google said Chrome won't support H.264 in the video tag. Um and that's that may they may change their position again on that. So because these things are in flux, we're just hesitant to um add any dependencies in WP Touch or WP Touch Pro on certain HTML5 capabilities which may all of a sudden be neutered later on. So um we're we're slowly adding things which you know are not mission critical, but uh, we have lots of plans to add uh, certain features. Uh, one of them that I think is really interesting, and it may or may not happen for either WP Touch or WP Touch Pro, but um, it would be really nice if a visitor could set options for any site with WP Touch Pro to their preference. So, for example, if someone's maybe visually impaired or you know has some really thick bifocals. And they want to have the font size at 16 pixels. And, and every site that has WPTouch Pro could respect that setting. Um, I think it would be a fantastic thing. So it's those kinds of like a global setting that gives users some power over, you know, how a WPTouch uh, enabled site works for them. That would be really fantastic. But that just has not been possible due to security restrictions in the past. HTML5 will enable that capability for us. So we're excited about, you know, some new some new adventurous territory that we can get into with HTML5, but we're cautious right now. So you mentioned that your latest version of WP Touch actually supports the iPad. Now, obviously, the iPad is a much larger screen. So why would you have it on the iPad, a much faster version, I guess, for starters? Well, it's a really tough thing. Uh, um, You know, people have asked for iPad support in WP Touch uh, Pro since the iPad was released. Um, and it's something that we spent a lot of time considering, not only in terms of how we would execute such a thing and how it would be different from the mobile interface because it is a larger screen, but why would someone prefer it? So, and, and by someone, that someone includes both somebody who uses WP Touch Pro and some, somebody who's a visitor to a site running WP Touch Pro. And really, I think in the end, it came out that both the tortoise and the hare managed to tie. And by that, I mean that I really feel that it's a, it's, it's a really a 50-50 thing. Some website owners are perfectly happy with how their sites work and look on iPad. And there's another group that say, yeah, they, they think it works and looks good on iPad, but they'd love to have something that's really custom for the iPad and presents visitors with something that's more like a native iPad application that they'll immediately know how to browse and navigate and use. So what we ended up doing is doing our best at providing that experience, but essentially in 2.1, WPDush Pro 2.1, iPad support is off by default. So if you install it or you upgrade to it, um, it's off by default and you elect to turn it on. So we've kind of respected that. 50-50 50-50 approach and saying not everyone's going to want to use it, not everyone's going to want to, uh, uh, you know, present that kind of experience, and they just simply have the option to do so. So that's irrespective of 
WP Touch running on mobile devices like iPhone and Android. For iPad, it's elective. You choose to turn it on if you want. And it offers the same kind of control for the end visitor. Uh, if they're visiting on their iPad, they can simply switch to your traditional desktop view. It'll remember that setting, and they won't see that iPad version uh, again. So, you know, we tried to provide those options in there. But I think that there are certain sites which will really benefit from using what we've done on iPad. And for them, they're extremely happy about it. They love it. And uh, it's not for everyone. It's like, you know, not just the screen size, not just the platform, not just the browser capabilities, but uh, it all depends on the site, what kind of content you have, whether you think that, you know, iPad support in WP Touch Pro is something that will really benefit your visitors or you really want to see on your site. So you just have the option to do it. And of course, I guess it's nice it strips out Flash. If you've got it in your sidebars or your headers, of course, the iPad isn't at least yet compatible. If it'll ever come, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? I, I would be willing to wager most of uh, most of uh, the money I own and the clothes on, on my back that uh, Apple will not add Flash support in its <laughs> iOS devices. I think your clothes are in safe hands. And, and yeah, unless Steve Jobs leaves and someone from Adobe is hired as CEO, I just don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it happening. Well, funnily enough, as we record this today, he's on medical leave for a while. Yes, that is true. Yeah. So who knows? You mm. may have to trade in your clothes just yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the inevitable question is: You're supporting the iPad. Can you see yourself supporting any other tablet-like devices? Yeah, absolutely. We. Um, our approach to iPad was very similar to the original approach with WP Touch. I mean, at the start when WP Touch was first released, uh, really worked on the iPhone uh, only. That's the only uh, iPod Touch wasn't available at that time, so it was iPhone only. And uh, since then, it's grown to encompass a whole variety of touch-based uh, mobile devices. And we see the same kind of thing growing with um, tablet support and WP Touch Pro. We're looking at things like you know, the Playbook and the Samsung Galaxy Tab. I think the, ga- the tab- tablet market is up for grabs right now. People are excited and talking about these devices, but as far as I'm concerned, for example, with the Playbook, it's vaporware. It, it doesn't exist yet. So, you know, if we were to plan for, you know, all the things that may or may not happen, you know, it would be fair to say we wouldn't get much done. So it's something where we have to wait till these devices are released get a hold of them, have a look at the experiences and say, is there something that we can do here on this experience to make it really great? And that's really how we'll work. But we're certainly not closing the door to other tablets uh, and other portable devices. If there's something we think we can do that people will enjoy, then, uh, then we'll look at it. If not, then we won't. It must be really difficult because there's a lot of Android tablets out there currently. But really, Google never designed Android for a tablet. They have got an updated version coming out. I believe it's called Honeycomb. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in Honeycomb. Um, Playing with uh, one of the Galaxy tabs, um, we actually um, worked on an application with, um, with a rather big player, which we can't disclose yet. But uh, we worked on an Android application with them. And one of the things that, uh, and we did UI design and that kind of stuff, and one of the things I was deeply frustrated with was the approach that inevitably was taken that really what we're going to do is blow up this mobile experience to fit on a 7-inch device. 
And so to me, it seemed very juvenile. It seemed like a Fisher-Price solution. I don't know if people get that reference, but Fisher-Price is a, a toy maker. And so it seemed to me like, okay, blowing up an application on a mobile device to fit on a 7-inch screen seems like the total wrong approach. And that's why I feel, you know, in the case of the iPad, they chose the 9.7-inch screen. It's large enough that you can now use a different user interface. There's enough screen real estate that you can do things differently than you do on a traditional, you know, handheld mobile device. So the frustrating thing with the 7-inch device I found was that there was enough room that you wanted something more and yet not enough room to warrant people trying to do something more. So it's, you know, I think that's where Apple's resistance towards 7-inch tablets comes from is that it's not quite enough room to really say this is a different interface. And yet you want it to do more because it is a bigger interface. So it's a, it's a really strange position uh, in terms of when we looked at you know, doing something on Android, it was like, ooh, this is really, it's right on the line. And it didn't feel right to just blow up a mobile experience. And it also didn't feel right to maybe try and invent a new UI experience for a 7-inch device where no one else is going to um, face this UI. You know, for... for I know I'm getting technical here, but if you look at, you know, WTouch Pro 2.1 on iPad, it's it carries some of the characteristics, both the features and the appearance of WTouch on a, a touch mobile device, you know, like the iPhone. But it has the traditional hallmark UI um, characteristics of an iPad application, such as the the top bar at the top with popovers, and those popovers reveal more information like lists, et cetera, and there being, you know, in landscape mode, there's a left menu. If you rotate to portrait mode, that left menu disappears, and you're just presented with the vertical content. So, like, we followed that, the, you know, the iPad characteristics of traditional user interfaces in iPad applications precisely because when a visitor arrives, they already then know how to navigate the site. There are no questions. They don't think about, well, how do I get to here? They just know how to do it because they've been confronted with that interface in several other iPad applications and mobile Safari itself. And of course, with a touchscreen, you want to explore. It's a whole, just a pleasant experience, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. It's supposed to be immersive. It's supposed to be engaging. And so, you know, when when we first looked at the Galaxy Tab, we said, I'm not sure that this really warrants something something explicit for this you know, environment, this touch environment. And even if we did something, it would have no precedence. So a visitor would still have to learn from scratch what this interface is because they haven't experienced it anywhere else in the Android user interface. So there are all those kinds of questions and considerations we take into perspective when we do something that uh, maybe we don't either, uh, you know, discuss with uh, users or customers, um, but all that planning goes into it. All of those thoughts and considerations and explorations are taken. And, um, you know, we make our decisions one way or the other, for better or worse, uh, you know, what we're going to do. So what kind of configurable options are there within the plugin? In WP Touch, uh, the free version, um, it's a more limited set of configuration options. You can choose things like associating icons with um, your pages or menu items. Um, you can turn certain things 
uh, on and off that are displayed in the plugin and how it presents your your website. So, for instance, if you're interested in showing categories, you can show those. If you're interested in hiding them, of course, you can turn off categories and those types of things. So I would say, you know, it's a more basic set of, of uh, features for the free version. But there are still things like being able to use AdSense. So if you use Google AdSense, you can simply add uh, your AdSense information and AdSense ads will show on your uh, your mobile site. But, uh, you know, one of the one of the huge changes for, for WP Touch Pro is um, really what it comes down to is that not only with the, the different configurable options, but the ability to actually create themes, change themes, copy themes, copy themes as child themes. So it really offers the ability, you know, if you're comfortable with the WordPress uh, theming uh, situation to... Uh, to customize WP Touch Pro in whatever way you see fit. And we follow the same type of rubric that typical WordPress themes have. So, you know, really we've built almost a mini mobile WordPress engine that sits there that allows you to, you know, save a lot of time on mobile development, but as well offer something incredibly customizable. And we've already started to see some really unique things that have been done with WP Touch Pro, and we're excited about some other projects that, other customers are working on, but that's a real, you know, above and beyond features you can turn on or off in the admin, and there's a whole bunch more in, in the pro version um, in terms of that granular control. Even things like branding, adding logos, adding a header logo, um, you know, changing, defining custom backgrounds, defining whether those backgrounds repeat or not, colors, um, you know, there's even groups of color sets in terms of having you know, silver, red, green, blue. So there's lots of variety there, but you can always take it one step further and customize it, you know, very, very uniquely and have those changes survive updates. And that's the important thing is that you can still update the plugin. You can get, you know, whatever new features or capabilities are added to WP Touch Pro without it destroying the custom work that you've done. So that's, that's a really huge fundamental change that WP Touch Pro offers. And I suppose maybe an undervalued feature, but one that should be more valued is the fact that you can actually turn certain plugins off for the mobile versions and iPad versions. Now, once you start installing plugins on a WordPress installations, there will become a point where you think, okay, something isn't working properly, and then you'll find there's a conflict between two individual plugins. But luckily, with yours, you can actually disable certain ones if you are having any problems. Yeah, it's actually pretty revolutionary, um, what we built to enable that. It's something that I wanted for a long time. You know, and Dwayne and I work, I, I'm generally the guy who says, well, wouldn't it be nice if it could do this? Wouldn't it be nice if it could do that? I think it should do this. I think it should do that. I'm, I'm typically the UI or front end or, or you know, uh, user experience um, generator for the work that we do. And Dwayne is the heavy lifter. He does a lot of the, the development and he approaches these problems like a Rubik's Cube, and 9.9% of the time he can solve every single Rubik's Cube that we throw at him. So he's, uh, he's quite a brilliant uh, developer. But that's really how it started is, you know, it was a little, you know, no, we can't. Yes, we can. No, we can't. Yes, we can. Uh, trying to figure out a way to intercept plugins. And this is the real key point in what you're talking about, James, which is, to be able to disable them from working with WPTech Pro while allowing them to work properly as they normally do on the desktop version of the site. So that's a real key difference here is that we're not saying you have to disable this plugin. We're saying 
you can just disable it from working with WP Touch Pro. And in order to do that, what we've done is look at how plugins add their hooks and changes that change the appearance of a site or add scripts or capabilities and just said, you know, can we reverse that so that we say, no, 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 XYZ plugins, you can't add your scripts. You can make these changes because, you know, in the admin under our plugin compatibility section, we've specified that a user can say, I don't want this plugin, I don't want this plugin to run, etc. And it seems to be working pretty well. It doesn't work for all plugins, though. And the reason for that is that not all plugins kind of follow the, I don't want to be rude, but they don't follow the... Uh, best you know, practices. The, yeah, best practices. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. And, you know, what in all fairness to them, a lot of these plugin developers aren't thinking, well, what's going to happen if someone's running WP Touch and they want to deregister this hook? You know, they don't think along those lines and we would never ask them to do so. So... You know, while they may not be following best practices, it's not necessarily that what they're doing is wrong. It just prevents us from being able to track what they're doing and reverse it. So it's a difficult technical type of answer, but essentially all the plugins have to register what they're doing with WordPress, and WordPress, you know, spits out all those things. We don't have any control over where those changes get spit out in the chain of events. So sometimes what also happens is that we make our request to say, no, don't, you know, add this content filter or whatever, but we've already been kind of, we've already been loaded and we're bypassed and WordPress is on to something else. So it happens after us and we have no control over where we sit in that chain. So we've done our best to work around some of these limitations and create the logic in the uh, plugin compatibility engine to work in, I would say over 90% of the cases and we're, you know, where it doesn't work, we just work with our customers and say, well, so we, you know, install that plugin and we, you know, look at what's required in order to get the compatibility. So we either add compatibility for that plugin or we provide the customer with a way to actually force, um, disable that plugin when running WP Touch Pro. So on a case-by-case basis, we solve those individual problems, but for the most part, it works really well. And I appreciate you bringing it up because I never really think to talk about it, but it's a pretty cool thing. Well, it is, because obviously there's going to be things you want on the desktop version that you just don't want to appear on a mobile version. Sure, or they don't make sense on the mobile version. And, like, for instance, one of the biggest things right now is uh, solutions like FancyBox. Because of the way they work with overlays and presenting videos or photos, they don't translate so well on the mobile version. And so until we can figure out, you know, a cool, unique way to, to get them looking and working great on mobile it's maybe best to just disable that. And a lot of times what's great about this particular method is that, you know, a visitor doesn't know something is missing. You know, they just get presented the default actions or the default content, default presentation. So it's not as if the mobile visitor senses that there's any lacking. It just, it just simply, you know, it speeds up the, uh, the browsing experience because certain scripts or capabilities aren't required, so it makes things faster. And they just get access to the content and they're none the wiser that something is different, you know, than it would have been on the desktop in terms of the presentation of content. So it's really a transparent um, compatibility thing that really works really well um, when you're looking at presenting your site on mobile versus desktop. I suppose it's content, which is the key thing you want everybody to see. And, there's, and then there's the glossy side, which you don't yeah. really need on smaller devices or even 
mobile tablets or any other kind like that. It's just meant for the desktop where you can have your sidebars and links to other areas of your site more prominently when you are trying to attract users to different areas. But for a, a smaller device, it's not always the requirement, is it? Sure. And I think, I think there are, you know, we, some of the criticisms that we face and or, you know, complaints that we get are from people, I think, that have a different value set on what should be important on mobile. And, you know, we just have to agree to disagree in some of these scenarios. We very strongly feel that if a, a mobile visitor is trying to access a WordPress website, either a page or a post, they're valuing the content and they're valuing how fast they can get at that content more than they are the bells and whistles that traditionally accompany a desktop presentation of a website. And so, in our opinion, they've, because they, that's what the visitor values greatly, that's what you as a website operator should value greatly. So it's an important thing because sometimes the requests that we get for either features, capabilities, or changes are from website operators that aren't looking at it from the position of their visitor. And we always, you know, the, the funny thing is, is we don't develop WP Touch or WP Touch Pro in this case. We don't, we're really, you know, we should be selling it to people who are going to buy the product. But really, our focus is on the end user. It's on the visitor and saying, what is the experience that they want? What are they going to be happy with? Because we feel that that's far more important than just trying to dress up you know, the plugin so that, you know, we'll sell more copies or something. It's really more important that the visitors value the experience. We've actually seen, it, it's amazing to us that we've seen users, uh, I've seen a lot of it on Twitter where they say, can you install WP Touch, please, on your website? That's unprecedented. That would never happen in the desktop environment. No one says, hey, can you please put Thesis on your site? No one would think to say that. But the interesting thing here is that users are aware of WP Touch, the visitors. And they, when they come to a site and they say, hey, if it's running WordPress, you should put WP Touch on it. And that's really unique. It's really unique that you would request a plugin from someone's, uh, you know, that someone put on their website for you. So it's a really, you know, that just to me really speaks to the power of the mobile browsing experience and how visitors really want you know, something that pro- pro- uh, provides content quickly and easily in a format that's really digestible, that they're familiar with, and it's easy to use. So it's a different beast, and that's why I say, like, it's, it's something that we have to, you know, educate potential customers and current customers and saying, well, really, let's look at what your visitors need most. You know, you may want your site to do X, Y, Z on mobile, but is it really practicable and is it, really, is it really warranted? So, you know, and maybe it's an Apple-like approach that we take, you know, and people don't like that maybe we're making these decisions for them. And that's a valid argument. But, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at it from the angle of, you know, that we've been working with this plugin and, you know, on the mobile front and touch mobile devices from the get-go and have spent literally thousands and thousands of hours exploring all of the different options and capabilities and decisions related to the interface and those types of things. And so really, it, you know, our answers become dist- our, our distilled responses, which have come from trial and error and saying, well, you really couldn't do X, Y, Z 
For, for example, just to put this in context, some people request that WP Touch should allow zooming. So, for instance, if you were to see a photo on a page that you could actually zoom in, right now it's disabled in WP Touch. And the reason why it's disabled is because WP Touch, just like any other native application, is a one to one viewing experience. And what I mean by that is that traditionally in mobile Safari, for example, when you load a web page, it's all zoomed out. You can barely make out any of the text. You have to double tap and zoom into an area to explore the content in that area. But because WP Touch presents content not, like automatically, it's not zoomed in. You don't have to. You, you don't have to zoom in because the content is is prepared for your device and its screen real estate. We just feel that allowing zooming when you're already, you know for all intents and purposes, zoomed in doesn't make any sense. And it would be confusing to a user if they somehow got zoomed in on something when they didn't need to be. And it also has to do with the way that zooming works on the device, et cetera. So it's, it's something that, you know, we've technically explored and have decided, you know, for a number of reasons that we're not going to include. But some people still request, say, something like that. But they haven't necessarily gone down the, the, the path of, of trial and error to explore it and whether it's really beneficial or not. So in those cases, we try to just educate the user and say, oh, here's why we made this decision. Here's some of the drawbacks. And, you know, you, you take it or leave it, right? Indeed. I know it's a, that's a long-winded answer, but... <laughs> but a valid one. <laughs> Thanks. So... Are there any developments you can share with us today that we might expect in the future? <laughs> we really don't like disclosing uh, future plans and, and those types of things. Um, can I oh, twist for, your arm? Uh, yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> well, for a number of reasons. One is that you know, they may not come to fruition. We don't want to promise things we're not going to deliver. But uh, what I can say is specifically with WP Touch Pro, the next major update, 2.2, is all about performance and optimization. We made a lot of strides in 2.1 to make things even faster. And, you know, WP Touch Pro is over 60,000 lines of code. It's massive. It's a beast. And yet, in our testing, it runs faster than the free version. It does so much more, and yet it loads faster. And it can load more views per second than the free version. What that means is that if 100 people access your site at the same time, WP Touch Pro is less intensive on your server than the free version. So all these things add up to you know, a better experience for both the website owner who has WP Touch Pro installed that's less intensive on their server and also the visitors, that they get a faster experience when visiting a site with WP Touch Pro. So we've done that already in 2.1, but we want to also see if we can squeeze out just a little bit more and make it even faster and make it even more optimized and do so as well in the admin panel. Our admin panel is actually quite revolutionary. No one's ever done what we've done in the admin panel, and that's create an admin panel where all the settings for the entire plugin are available on one page. So you don't have to go to any other page uh, in the admin or reload pages to see different settings. It's all there in one tabbed interface. And while that has several advantages, it has one disadvantage, and that's that all these settings need to be loaded um, at the same time. So it can be intensive on some servers which have very limited resources. And I'm thinking specifically of shared hosting, so say, for instance, if you're on a host like Bluehost and you have limited resources on your site, 
then it could be potentially a problem if you have lots of other plugins installed, et cetera. So we're going to try and make it even more optimized and find ways around those problems. So that's, that's the next update. And then what we're really looking at this year, and people are going to be really excited about it, are some really new fantastic themes made by us for WP Touch Pro. And those include things like themes which specifically target podcasts, so audio podcasts and video podcasts, and as well photography sites. So if you have a phot- photography portfolio site, we're going to be doing something that will be great for you to offer something that's fantastic on a mobile device and showcases your photography portfolio. Or for instance, for podcasts that allows you know visitors to access um, the podcast on a mobile device very easily. So th- those are some really great opportunities that we see uh, WTouch Pro themes taking on. And as well, one that's kind of still being baked is that we've been talking with the guys at Instinct and WP e-commerce. And I've talked about some ideas that we have regarding doing some e-commerce specific theming in WP Touch Pro. So there's lots of great, I think, theme things to look forward to in uh, WP Touch Pro over the coming year. And in addition to WP Touch Pro, we also have WordTwit Pro, which is our Twitter plugin. And uh, WordTwit Pro is going to offer a lot of fantastic options, such as using multiple accounts, posting multiple uh, posting to multiple Twitter accounts, having controls over you know, multi-author websites and having different, uh, different authors post to different Twitter accounts or to the same one, having queuing and all kinds of, all kinds of additions that people have looked uh, to see added to WordTwit. That's going to be coming in WordTwit Pro and that's coming out in the next short while. And then as well, we have one more addition which hasn't been advertised on the website yet and it's called Piggy. And Piggy is a web application for anyone running WPE Commerce, uh, and what it does is it basically, once installed on your server, it's very simple to add. It allows you to see real-time statistics about your e-commerce sales, compare sales statistics with this week, last week, last month, last year, and it pre- presents it in a touch-based web application interface so that you can get at your statistics um, for your e-commerce installation with WordPress very easily on the go at any time. Piggy. <laughs> Piggy, yes. You know, it, what's the, the cute thing about Piggy is that uh, when it loads up, it makes a sound. So. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> is there going to be so, another one called Kermit? Yeah, there should be. There really should be. No, I mean, uh, it's obviously it's named after being a piggy bank, so it's little icons, a little piggy, piggy bank. But uh, really the thing that we saw there, I mean, the, just the gestation around Piggy was that it actually was an internal thing. Um, we created uh, this little web app for ourselves to monitor you know, how well WP Touch Pro was uh, doing and looking at those kind of sales figures and trying to figure out what we could do, what was different, why was this week lower or that month you know, higher, and saying there's, you know, there's nothing for WP e-commerce that does this, let alone does it on a mobile device. So there was a real lacking there, and we just filled it in ourselves, and then course we looked at each other one day and went wait a minute wouldn't other people want this so you know and i think that you know it seems like most of our ideas even worked with these all come from things that we build for ourselves because we we need them so they're tools we build for ourselves that we realize hey other people could get some benefit from so you know they're really personal to us 
and we care about them a lot because they, you know, they've come from a, they've come from a place of need. You know, we're not assessing, Hey, you know, there's X market and we should get into that market or here's what other people are doing. Let's do something like that. You know, that's really just not our approach at all. Our approach is we just do things that we love, we care about, and then you know, we see if other people care about them too. So James, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. When did you start using WP Touch or, or maybe more succinctly, why did you choose WP Touch and what's been your experience using it? Well, for the reasons you've said, I definitely saw a need for a mobile theme for both speed, functionality, optimization for a touchscreen device. All of these reasons are very sound. I did try, if I'm honest, a different version of a mobile theme by another company. And although I could customize it, because my main concern about using WP Touch was I had a fear that everyone would have a very similar look to it. And then when they visited my site, oh, it'd just be another WP Touch website. But after a while of trying to customize what is quite a basic theme they provided, I was getting quite frustrated with it. I was getting some quite severe plugin compatibilities. So I gave WP Touch another go. And I fell in love with the free version for all the reasons you've stated already in this podcast. And then I went to the pro version with all the extra functionality. And I must say, I did have a couple of issues. I posted them on your support forum and had a response very quickly. The team was very friendly indeed, very satisfied on that area. And now you've added iPad support. And uh, ever since I got the iPhone 3GS, I've become quite a Apple addict. And I never <laughs> thought I'd be doing that because I'm an avid Microsoft fan. I love mm-hmm. Windows 7 64-bit on my desktop machine. Mm-hmm. But certainly for mobile devices, iOS is currently the way. Maybe Windows Mobile 7 will certainly develop in the future. That's quite mm-hmm. an exciting mm-hmm. prospect. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm absolutely loving it and very happy to have it hosted on my website. Awesome. Um, while you were speaking there, another question came to mind that, that I had for you, which was, what would you like to see? You, know, you mentioned customization. I know we've expanded customization in WP Touch Pro, but you know, you're probably a really good candidate for exploring you know, what, what still is missing for you or what would you like to see? Well, to be honest, after I've really gone deep into exploring what customization options are available, there's actually a great deal you can do. And like you've already said, it doesn't actually affect the plugin code. So when you do update, you don't lose anything. So you can have a customized style sheet. Now, I'm quite odd. I have customized image tags, which wasn't picking up on the mobile theme, but I could easily put those into the customized CSS for WP Touch. And then Mm -hmm. that worked absolutely no problem at all. And what I do love about the whole web app thing is you can have your own loading screen. Mm -hmm. That makes it even look more professional. That's right, yeah. So I'd, maybe for you poor and lucky viewers of my website, you get to see a lovely <laughs> cartoon version of my <laughs> mug presenting you as the site loads. So, I mean, I mean, and this is, you know, I, I'm glad you brought it up that you really, you know, there is an exploration. I think uh, we have added so much in the pro version and with the change in the administration layout, it really is a totally new plugin, really. I mean, and for us code-wise, it was 100% rewritten top to bottom but um as i mentioned previously we'd like to explore you know this is you know you have a podcast and what would it be like to have you know a wp dutch uh theme that uh is specifically tailored 
to a podcast-oriented site? What do podcasters need in a mobile theme? And give them the best of that and kind of cut the fat away from the things that they don't need. So it can be even more you know, tailored for that specific site in terms of the feature set, feature set that it offers and removes anything that they don't need so that it remains a really fast, optimized experience. So we can see, I think there's an evolution. We posted on our site uh, about this evolution. And I think the evolution is people don't necessarily want, if they're running WP Touch, they don't want the generic. They don't want it to look like everyone else's. Even though for their visitors, their visitors, I think for the most part, are perfectly happy because they're familiar with it. They know how to use that site. So the individual branding on, on the mobile devices is maybe less important, but it won't always be that way. And more and more people will want to offer more branded experiences that are specifically, you know, sister or brother companions to their desktop sites. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to explore going forward. So hopefully, you know, we've given you chocolates and flowers, James, and hopefully we can find another gift to give to our users that make them fall in love just a little bit more. Balloons. <laughs> Balloons. <laughs> Confetti. No, anyway, we'll, we'll move on to the next question now. <laughs> Actually, judging by the length of this podcast so far, we better call it a day. So thank you ever so much for joining me on my podcast today, Dale. Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you letting me being long-winded in answers. <laughs> that's all right. That's, abs- that's what we like. Awesome. Thanks, James. So don't forget to visit bravenewcode.com for more information regarding the WordPress plugin and also, of course, my own website at jameswoodcock.co.uk. And why not also follow me on Twitter with account at James Woodcock. See you next time. <laughs>